When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back. So I want to talk about the problem that stimulus can't solve. And of course, I'm, I'm referring to, to, when I say stimulus, referring to intervention by governments and by central banks the world over. And, and you know, particularly in this point in time, in mid-February 2020, I'm, I'm mostly talking about China. But but it's certainly also true right now and even more so in the future for for the Federal Reserve, for the the European Central Bank, the Bank of Japan. It just so happens to be that China is sort of in the crosshairs of I guess my focus in terms of stimulus because right now they're dealing with this well this problem that that stimulus can't fix and that is COVID-19, this novel coronavirus which is well, I mean by all accounts, with the exception of their own and, and you know, the World Health Organization and whatnot, uh, ravaging their country. And, and I'll talk more about maybe some updates on the COVID-19 in, you know, second half of today's podcast, because, you know, I haven't made one since Friday. Uh, and by the way, I hope you, you, you uh, like a little bit of improved sound quality. I'll try and just work on it, you know, take some time, whatever, to, to record with better sound quality, but uh, rather than when driving. But anyways... Uh, the Zero Hedge actually has a really great article, and I I don't think this is actually originally from them, but showing uh the the actual you know step of of different steps that the Chinese central bank has taken and Chinese government to create stimulus for their you know economy and for their financial system since this coronavirus really blew up. In fact, you know this this chart begins February first, starting February first. Materials use in epidemic control to be exempt from import tariffs until March 31st. Okay, and then starting February 3rd and 4th, People's Bank of China injected 1.7 trillion yuan, equal to over 242 billion U.S. dollars, via open market operations. February 5th, support announced for debt financing and debt insurance by virus-impacted firms. February 6th, China's central bank said it will support key sectors by easing monetary policy. February 9th, government announced it had in total allocated uh, 10.3 billion U.S. dollars to fight virus. February 11th, tax guidelines intended to reduce Financial pressure in key sectors are announced. And finally, February 12th, this one is actually kind of interesting to me. Government announced State Reserve will release 20,000 metric tons of frozen pork on uh, 214, uh, February 14th. That is uh, just yesterday, actually, or a couple days ago now. I'm recording this today, actually, on the 17th. So a couple days past Valentine's Day. And that one interested me. You know, we think about, you know, uh, reserves here in the United States, we have gold, you know, allegedly, and, and plenty of currency reserves all over the world. And of course, we have things like crude oil reserves, but but pork and, and 20,000 metric tons, that's pretty stunning. And, and goes to show the the damage caused by not only this virus and, and its impact on on uh, farmers and, and by those raising cattle and, and swine and whatnot, but also the African swine fever, which 
I think continues to sweep through Asia and, and really decimate, but in, in all honesty, more than decimate, more than just 10% uh, of their uh, decimates, though, their, their pork, right? Uh, so I thought that one was interesting as well. And, and so what has been the reaction to all this stimulus? Well, essentially all-time highs. Now, today's, you know, President's Day, and so U.S. markets aren't open, but futures are implying, you know, pretty close or, or around all-time high uh, in, in terms of the U.S. stock market, when I refer to stocks. Uh, Chinese stocks are up on this news as well. And of course, you know, those ones are even more manipulated, more controlled than than U.S. stock markets are. But again, um, up again today. And, and this is partly because of some uh, additional stimulus by the PBOC, uh, including uh, $29 billion worth of one-year medium-term loans issued on Monday, which was actually issued at, issued at a lower interest rate uh, than usual, down by 10 basis points to 3.15%. So an additional stimulus by uh, People's Bank of China. Uh, and well, hey, look, Chinese stocks are up. U- U.S. stocks, at least implied, are, are going to be up uh, tomorrow, right? So this is all good news. But again, this is not the solution to COVID-19, this coronavirus problem. I mean, don't get me wrong. China has undertaken a ton of policies, which do certainly uh, um, impede on individual liberties, but probably will be very successful in slowing down the spread of COVID-19 within their borders quarantines and whatnot. I mean, it's over half their population that are uh, allegedly under some form of a quarantine. That's going to have some effectiveness. But in terms of stimulus, in terms of slowing down the slowdown of their economy and of their stock market and all that, potentially a major financial crisis as a lot of these firms begin to default. I mean, China was a very over leveraged company at the corporate level in the first place. I mean, they're at some point, going to be pushing on a string. I mean, this is the same problem that the Fed, People's Bank of China, European Central Bank, eventually we're going to deal with anyways. Only it's coming maybe a little bit sooner or or coming about in a more rapid way than some people expected because, well, now we have this virus which is rapidly bringing things to a halt or at least pretty darn close to that uh, at pretty much all levels of the economy in China, consumption, uh, trade, manufacturing, transportation, uh, agriculture. It's all grinding to a halt or at least a, a, a small fraction of what it usually would be at because of quarantines, because of slowing this all down. It's a problem that stimulus from the government, stimulus from central banks can't fix. And eventually we'll see the same thing happen here in the United States, you know, when it does ultimately spread here in large numbers, if it hasn't already, and, you know, Japan and Europe and elsewhere, uh, and, and they're going to have similar level of effectiveness. I mean, so many people have joked, but I, I think it's probably pretty accurate that, that we'll see, you know, stocks at all-time highs continuing to move higher and higher, conceivably, but, but the economy will be shrinking and and case counts of this coronavirus all around the world would be spiraling out of control. And, you know, the stock markets ultimately just become a reflection of Federal Reserve and government policy in terms of easing and stimulus and all that, right? And eventually it all blows up. I mean, eventually those prices give in. Uh, China can only do so much to, to even stop the decline of their own stock market. 
And and even if you do continue to push on this string, I mean, ultimately, all you're going to be doing is, is increasing the rate of inflation, increasing the level of inflation, which is a huge risk for China right now and the devaluation of the yuan. And eventually, I mean, it's going to be a huge risk for, for many of these other countries, United States included. So- Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So that's that's the the problem the crisis that stimulus is not going to fix. And ultimately, we all knew this was going to happen. I think very few people expected it to be a virus. But we all knew that eventually things would get so bad, a crisis would develop, whatever, that, you know, the law of diminishing returns would 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 rear its ugly head. And it's just coming a little bit sooner than expected because of such a drastic, rapid slowdown of the economy for a reason at this point other than you know, a full-blown financial crisis or a seizing up of, of the monetary system. So anyways, that's where we're at. I mean, financially and, and economically speaking, again, a crisis that they can't fix. You know, the other thing here, though, is is when does this really get out of control? You know, when does the stock market ultimately give in? And that's, I think, a good way to, I guess, segue into some talk about the coronavirus and and maybe some recent developments over the next, uh, the last couple of days. And, and specifically, I want to zero in on um, the fact that eventually this is going to be something that China can't control. It's it's going to, they, they, they will lose the narrative on this at some point. You know, the numbers at this point, I think everybody knows are, are pretty bogus. Even, even the one day where China reported like over 14,000 cases in, in just the Hubei province still totally bogus. I mean, it just statistically speaking, it's so unlikely that you'd have so many random cases popping up all over the world. And yet, you know, the number of confirmed cases in China is still under 100,000. It just statistically speaking doesn't make sense. I mean, you look at Wuhan, which is the epicenter. We know it traveled out of Wuhan before quarantine went into effect. We know uh, even before, you know, in between those original spreaders and then, you know, that eventual quarantine. An additional 5 million people apparently made it out of the, the city in, in like a week's time or something like that. Uh, many of those probably carried the infection, right? And so it should be spreading much, much faster within the borders of China, and it obviously is, uh, but it should also should be spreading much, much faster outside of China. And, and it is. It's just that it takes a while. I mean, look at the incubation period on this which can be very long sometimes, which is maybe a blessing and a curse, two weeks and up sometimes. Um, it, it means that this isn't going to be, you know, somebody's inf- you know, infected or, or exposed and they're going to be symptomatic the next day. That's, you know, it's much longer than that. And so the the number of days that it takes for this to to double the number of cases is maybe a little bit longer if, compared to if, if the incubation period or, or the period before it actually becomes contagious it was was shorter, right? So, I mean, it's, it, it is spreading. I mean, I think somebody brought up a really good example of Singapore. Singapore has actually quite a few cases. In fact, I'll bring it up here real quickly. Quite a few cases for, yes, a, a city that, I mean, it does 
experienced a lot of travel with China. So it's a large regional financial and, and whatnot center, Singapore. Um, but they have 77 cases compared to 66 in Japan. All of Japan, I mean, excluding the, the cruise ship. 57 in Hong Kong, 35 in Thailand, 30 in South Korea. And then, you know, these ones are really almost certainly low. 22 in Malaysia, 22 in Taiwan, 16 in Vietnam. I mean, those are almost three in the Philippines, three in India, one in Nepal, one in Cambodia, one in Sri Lanka. Those are almost certainly massive underestimates. And it's spreading, you know, in addition to some of those other you know, African countries that I'm always talking about. It's spreading. It's just that it's spread at such a low level now that it can be unnoticed largely. I mean, a case here or there, they can chalk it up to, you know, the seasonal flu or the cold or some other virus. And, and until you get a high enough number to, to realize just how many people are being hospitalized or even dying, you know, it can go unnoticed. But, but you know, once it gets to that level, once you're at a, you know, 50 or 100 cases, it's, it's almost unstoppable, right? It just takes, you know, I mean, in the whole scheme of things, we're at what, mid-February, a little bit past mid-February. And, you know, this didn't really blow up in China until, you know, maybe a month ago a month and a week, right? They probably didn't export very many cases until, you know, early January, maybe late December at the earliest, you know, a high number of cases. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just, these numbers are almost certainly low. It's just a matter of time before it, they, they show it to be that. And so eventually China is going to have this moment where where it's so clear that more people are dying than than actually reported and more people are infected than actually reported. And I mean, that that's going to be the day when you see markets realize, Oh crap. Like maybe this wasn't the flu. Like, like all these mainstream people have been saying, maybe this is pretty serious. And Hey, guess what? It's next door. It's in our country. It's, it's, uh, you know, the North and, and South of our country here in the United States It's in Canada. It's in Mexico and not just a case here or there, but by the hundreds, by the thousands, you know, once it gets to that level, it's almost unstoppable. You know, and I think another good example continues to be a great example, uh, uh, tragic, but but a good example of just how easily transmissible, how contagious this disease actually is, is the uh, case of the Diamond Princess, the the cruise ship off the the coast of uh, Japan, where you know at this point in time it it has more confirmed cases, and that's probably because so many have been tested, but more confirmed cases than almost the rest of the world combined. Almost 454 confirmed cases. Now, no deaths yet, which might be expected because many of these people haven't been infected for all that long, right? But that's out of like, I don't know, over 3,000 total passengers, right? That's still relatively, that's pretty high. I mean, if you're thinking only one or two at most people actually were on this boat initially that were infected, I mean, that means kind of one of two things, either A, it, it just spread crazy fast initially, which might be the case. Or B, it's been spreading despite people being under quarantine, which means it's, I don't know, airborne or, or something along those lines. I mean, moving through the ventilation shafts, right? This is like a you know, Star Wars, the Phantom Menace. You know, they're in the ventilation shafts, you know. Uh, either way, that's pretty concerning, right? And again, it's a testament to the fact that this is almost certainly spreading just covertly within the borders of, I think, many countries around the world, right? You've had the example of this other cruise ship, which finally, 
you know, people were allowed to disembark in Cambodia after being denied entry in like four other countries, right? Cambodia, some people were like, you know, how brave of them, you know, they, they didn't, they stood up to fear. They looked fear in the face and they were brave about it. But well, guess what? Actually, one of those passengers tested positive for the coronavirus. And so now, uh, you know, who knows how many of those crew members were infected? You know, was it 400 plus like the Diamond Princess or, you know, whatever percentage? That's, you know, that's a, that's a concerning thought because now all those individuals are probably going to be returning to their own countries, right? So this is getting out of control fast. I think it's already well out of control within China's borders. They're just doing their very best not to let people know that. Who knows how many people are dying in their apartments, how many people are dying on the streets or even dying in hospitals and it's just being covered up. Um, but, you know, give it a, give it again, I've been saying this for a while, but give it another couple of weeks and you'll see it really start to spread within a lot of these other countries, especially developed countries, which might have a better chance of actually detecting cases. As always, though, I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's podcast and God bless.